Hello, and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author, J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you the next chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devil and O'Quinn mystery series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now, let's not wait any longer. Here we go with episode 138, Someone to Watch Over Me, chapter 38, Shots Fired. Not wanting to spook Joe, Devlin held back when he turned off the highway onto the gravel road for Twin Oaks Farm. Plenty of dust hung in the air over the road, especially as fast as Joe was driving, and it would be easy enough to figure out where he had gone. He was murmuring over and over, Please God, not Jenny too. Not Jenny. Please God when he was interrupted as his radio crackled. What? he barked. Dev, I'm at the landlady's house. She let Joe borrow her car, Roger said. Roger that. And Dev, there is a note here, in his room. It's signed Jenny, with a Y. There was another crackle of static. Damn. She didn't write it. Even over the radio, the question in his voice was clear. Devlin snorted. No. But the same person who painted the doors might have. Yeah, Devlin's gut tightened. Despite the stained work shirt with the man's name on it from the attic, he hadn't wanted to believe it of Joe. It's on his nightstand, right beside a picture. Of Jenny? In a little silver frame. It's old. Looks like Thanksgiving at Twin Oaks. Jenny, Tilly, Mickey, all the kids, even you. Okay, Roger, thanks. Dev, there's something else. Yeah. Chris called me to tell me he had finished taking Amy Patterson's sister's statement over at the funeral home. Did you know that Amy and Wagner had been dating? Devlin O'Quinn took his eyes off the road long enough to look at the radio in amazement. Come again? Yeah, according to the sister, they had dated very seriously for a long time, but Amy finally broke it off because Wagner was, and this is a direct quote, Abusive and controlling. Aw, hell, it would have been nice to know that a day or two ago. You understand what all this means, Dev. It means that things have just gotten a hell of a lot more complicated, Devlin answered grimly. As he crested a small hill, Devlin saw the car haphazardly stopped in front of the old boathouse. I've got the car. He's at the boathouse at the lake, out here at Twin Oaks Farm. 10-4. He pulled his car off the road into an area hidden by trees and got out. He radioed the backup car and told them to stop when they saw his car and proceed on foot. He pulled his gun and hurried down the hill, keeping himself hidden in the line of trees along the fence. As Devlin was pulling off the road on the hill, Joe was bursting into the boathouse, yelling Jenny's name as loud as he could. The light inside was dim, after the brightness of the day outside, and he rubbed his eyes, trying to get them to focus. Jenny, he bellowed again. Jen, where are you? Suddenly, from out of the darkness, Wagner stepped into view, about ten feet in front of Joe. Looking for your little bitch, he sneered. Joe stepped forward. Where's Jenny? Wagner stepped back and pointed his gun at Joe. Joe stopped and looked at Wagner warily. Go ahead, you son of a bitch. Detective O'Quinn is right behind me. He'll be here any second. Oh, I'm counting on that, believe me. In the meanwhile, come here. I want to show you something. Wagner jerked his thumb over his shoulder as he stood to the side. His eyes now adjusted to the light. Joe saw Jenny and Samantha. 
hands, feet, and mouths taped. Before he could react, he saw Wagner lift his gun toward the two women. Joe lowered his head and lunged at Wagner, surprising the other man and catching him off guard. Just before impact, Wagner swung and fired, the bullet piercing Joe's upper arm. Joe's momentum carried him forward, and the two men tumbled to the ground. They rolled around on the dirty floor, smashing into overturned canoes, a rolling mass of arms and legs, Joe trying desperately to take the gun from Wagner. Devlin O'Quinn burst in, blinking in the dim light, his own weapon trained on the two men. "'Stop! Please, stop!' he bellowed, wondering even as he did just how deaf Joe Halliday really was. The struggling men rolled into a shaft of sunlight from the open door behind him, and Devlin had time to notice that both were smeared with a fair amount of fresh blood. He yelled again, and now Wagner pushed himself away from Joe, scrabbling backward crab-like. Joe, shaking his head as though to clear it, stumbled slowly to his feet, breathing heavily and supporting himself against the bottom of one of the canoes. Joe, step away, Devlin ordered, gesturing with his gun, although Joe's face was turned toward Wagner and Devlin knew he hadn't heard him. Joe stood where he was, white-faced and wobbly. Detective, Joe wheezed and swallowed, as though talking took too much effort, and before he could say anything else, he was interrupted by Wagner. Detective O'Quinn, Wagner said, scrabbling to his feet and touching the bandage on his head, where a fresh patch of blood was forming. He took another quick step back, further away from Joe. Thank God, we're here in time. The girls are here. They're okay. But Joe fired at me. Take him into custody. Now! Devlin stood, blinking in the dust, his gun still trained on Joe, trying to look at both men at once. Wagner was backing away slowly, his right arm held strangely behind his back, desperately talking. Joe was shaking his head slowly, like a wounded bear, sagging against the canoe at his knees. Blood was streaming down one arm to his fingers and dripping onto the ground. Slowly, he reached with his other hand to grasp the wound, just above the elbow. "'Come on, man! We've got him!' Wagner urged, still moving slowly backwards. Devlin flicked his eyes toward Wagner. "'Stop! Don't move! I got Joe covered. But I want to know, just what the hell are you doing here?' Wagner obeyed head swiveling to look at Joe and then Devlin, licking his lips. I followed him, just like you did. He shot at me. He tried to kill me. Once at the dorm and once here. Where's the gun? Devlin asked. I don't know. He dropped it. I was trying to go for it. How come, if he had the gun, he's the one who's bleeding? Devlin interrupted, his gun still trained on Joe. What are you waiting for? Wagner whined. He's dangerous. He kidnapped your daughter, but we found her, and the other girl, too. Wagner took another step away, his arm still behind his back. Wait, what other girl? Devlin squinted at Wagner, and then, in a moment of sickening clarity, saw Jenny and the other hostage, taped and gagged just past him in the shadows. You son of a bitch, he murmured. Joe spoke, his voice stronger now, but echoing oddly in the old wooden structure. Detective, he's the one with the gun. Wagner turned, raising the arm he had held behind his back and aiming his gun at Jenny and Samantha. Put down your weapon, O'Quinn. Okay, okay, here, he said to Wagner's demand. Slowly he bent over and laid his weapon on the bottom of the nearest overturned canoe and then straightened, holding both his hands where Wagner could see them. Here, Wagner, take me. I'm the only hostage you need. Let Jenny and these other two go. My backup is coming. They're right outside. Let the girls go. I'll give you all the leverage you need. Shut up, Wagner snapped. How stupid do you think I am? For that matter, how stupid are you? He turned back toward Jenny and Samantha.
For the second time in his life, Joe saw everything happening as if he was watching from above. Wood chips flew off the post where the bullet hit just over Jenny's head. He and Devlin both lunged at Wagner, who turned the gun toward Devlin and pulled the trigger again. Joe made contact against Wagner's side just as the gun fired. Devlin twisted violently and fell to the ground between the two canoes. Wagner, sitting on the ground, just a foot or two away from Joe, raised the gun again, this time trained on Joe's forehead. Joe had a split second to wonder if he would get his hearing back in heaven, and then Wagner shuddered and crumpled, eyes wide, a small red spot blooming just over one of them. It took Joe a dazed moment to realize that, after Wagner had fired twice, he'd actually heard three more gunshots. Then he saw another two holes in Wagner's chest. Joe pushed himself to his hands and knees, shaking his head again and willing himself to stay conscious. Borden and Hunter, the backup officers who had arrived in time to take out Wagner and save Joe, raced forward, one to Devlin and one to Wagner. Shots fired! Officer down! The first cop barked into the radio on his shoulder. Send an ambulance to the boathouse at Twin Oaks Farm. Devlin looked up at Borden beside him, grabbing his wrist and pulling him close. Wagner, he panted. Wagner! It's okay, detective. It's okay. Joe rose and staggered over to the terrified women, his fingers trembling as he one-handedly worked the tape off Jenny first and then Samantha, muttering and apologizing as he pulled the skin, leaving streaks of blood behind. Jenny, as soon as she was free, crawled to where her father lay on the ground. Daddy! Daddy! She crooned softly. In an eerie and unwelcome repeat of the night outside the library, Jenny and Joe knelt on either side of a victim of Carrie Wagner. Devlin struggled to sit. No, Daddy, don't. Just stay there. Help is on the way. I'm here now. She cradled his head in her lap, her tears glistening on her cheeks. Jenny, Devlin croaked, trying to make his eyes focus. His lips moved, forming words, but no sound came out. Daddy, Daddy, it's okay. Don't try to talk. With an impatient shake of his head, he grabbed her arm, pulling her close, willing her to understand, but sound was impossible. She looked across him to Joe. He's trying to say something. What is it? Devlin's eyes traveled to Joe's face, repeating his silent words. Joe swallowed once and nodded, then his eyes lasered onto Jenny's. He said, I sent him to watch over you. Forgive me. It seemed to take forever for the ambulance to arrive. Devlin had been shot in the abdomen and was unconscious and bleeding heavily as he was taken to the city hospital. Everyone at Mickey and Tilly's house had eaten breakfast and were busy with Saturday chores when the sirens came wailing down the road, headed toward the lake. What in the world? Tilly said as she looked out the window. Mickey, it's three police cars and an ambulance. I'll check it out, Mickey answered. After Mrs. McDowell's call, I'm worried. I've tried to call Jenny and Devlin, but they're not answering. Mickey had no idea, when he left to investigate all the commotion that morning, how close he had just come to losing his best friend and only niece. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thank you for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for episode 139 of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.